KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you for the next couple of hours, recapping a busy weekend, getting into what's already happened as we start another week of sports with the John Beeline news that he's leaving Michigan and headed to the NBA. Didn't see that one coming. I don't think many people did, uh, but that's the case. Is huge Big Ten news reverberating here this morning. Coming up on the program, we're going to talk baseball with Andrew Logue, formerly of the Des Moines Register. We'll save the baseball until about 1025 with all the NBA and Beeline stuff to get into, but we'll do a good segment on baseball with Andrew Logue at about 1025, 1030-ish. Uh, Joe Donald, the voice of the wild game. Game six, must win, uh, or it's all over for the Iowa Wild, who have had a terrific season. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, game five did not go their way on Friday night. They're on the road in Chicago tonight, a game you can hear right here on 1460 KXNO. Joe O'Donnell, Trent and I will preview game number six tonight uh, at about 10.50. Then we'll get into Iowa State and Iowa. Iowa State first today. Dylan Montz will join us at 11.20. The coach's caravan is about to head on the road. In fact, they're probably on the road as we speak as they make their way throughout the state of Iowa over the next uh, three weeks or so. We'll catch up with Dylan Montz and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Hawkeye Beach. Boy, he's put out a ton of content football-wise. If you're If you're jonesing for college football, uh, certainly like, uh, Trent and I are, um, and you subscribe to the athletic, you're a Hawkeye fan, man, doc has been, uh, um, doing what, giving you what you need because seemingly every single day, there's a new piece up there. So Scott Darkman at 1135 and obviously a ton on the beeline news that broke. I don't know, about 8.30 or so this morning. How was your weekend, Trent Condon? Pretty good. Good? Mother's Day has uh, passed. I, I did an okay job. Probably not my best effort. Okay, but, but the thought was there, right? The thought was there. Mm-hmm. That's exact, That's what I was trying to sell at the very least. <laughs> Wasn't buying, though, by the sounds uh, of things? I didn't do it. Uh-huh. You know, she went and got her hair done. She said, don't get me anything. It's really expensive. So I just got her a couple of small things. Uh-huh. I don't think it went over. No, no. no. Whenever you say that, yeah, they're just setting you up. I just, I need to be smart, mm-hmm. right? You just, yeah. Well, you know what? There's next year. Hopefully. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing there will be. I think we're all right. I think you're all right, too. Well, a ton to get to. Uh, the NBA, a couple of Game 7s was unbelievable yesterday. But let's start with the here and now, and that's John Beeline. I don't know what's behind it, Trent. It's seemingly, mm-hmm. and the dominoes that could fall based on this move here today. And I don't know if uh, Michigan is going to look to the NBA uh, or they're going to look within the college ranks. We do know that this is an absolute plum job. This this program, I mean, a couple of Final Fours, where he took this program and where he came from, from high school to JUCO to D3, D2, D1, and now off to the NBA. Just a remarkable, remarkable resume uh, that John Beeline uh, has put together. So I don't know. I, I was floored by it. I really did. And a big job like this coming open on the 13th of May, you know, you're going to hear Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to hear Billy Donovan. Those are a couple of names. Will they? Would they want to come back to college? You're going to hear the reason Beeline left because he doesn't like what college basketball has become. We just went through that huge trial with all of this cheating, and basically the NCAA is not going to do a damn thing. 
Not a damn thing. Throw their hands up and say, what can we do? That's just it. And does that frustrate? I don't know. I, you know, I could get it. I could, I could too. It. And yes. when you look at John Beeline, look, I've been fooled before. Lots of times. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like a guy that's willing to, you know, cut corners. No, does he? Not at all. Doesn't to me either. And maybe that's part of the frustration. Maybe he doesn't like recruiting. I don't know the answer. But I do know he's the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Big Ten is worse at 10 o'clock than it was at 8.30. At 66 years of age, you feel like this is probably the last shot. Is he 66? I thought he was early. Is he that old? 66. Yeah, just turned 66 back in February. So last chance probably to get a job like this if this is what you want to try. There have been some murmurs, some rumblings before but the but Cavaliers never... were always after Izzo because right. Dan Gilbert, who owns the Cavaliers, is a Michigan State grad. And one of my favorite theories is that Gilbert hired him to help Michigan State. Yeah, I saw I that. that. He just wrapped up the Alumnus of the Year award this morning. By <laughs> look, it's a fair point, right? Right. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that. I don't look. I don't want to think that that went into Probably it. He went not. and he got his guy. But I don't know. Leaving for the NBA, sixty-six years old. Maybe it is the recruiting. Maybe it's a bunch of things. You know, maybe there is something to the fact that. You know, if you if you're not going to cut corners, you're you're getting left behind. There's only so much upside, and, and you can have a great run, and we've seen them make two different runs. But mm-hmm. remember, you know, the one from two years ago, the path that they took was incredibly fortuitous. Yes, that's true. I mean, there there is it, it, yes, the because, bracket mm-hmm. opened up. We yes. talk about that, and that and opens up for happened. everybody every year, or for one team every year. Yes, seemingly in a, in a certain way. Yes. Yeah, their their year this year was, or that year was, um, was was clearly the case. I don't know, Trent. I don't like it. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I like, um, you know, John Beeline was great for the Big Ten. He really was. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some Hawkeye fans are happy today. I don't know. Um, but, but remember Michigan, that was a long downturn that yes. they had before Beeline got there. Yes. I mean, we're talking almost 20 years of know. seemingly irrelevant right? in the national, certainly in the Michigan national. Michigan State answer. owned that state. Yes. And the Big Ten as a whole. I mean, you, who was it? Brian Ellerby had a couple of decent yeah. teams, but... We're never great. No, I don't. I can't recall anything like that. I, I can't. Well, well, we'll see where they turn. Obviously, look. The, the, if they pluck a big name, I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, you're, it's Michigan. We're talking. It's the Big Ten. We're talking about. There's going to be some interest on some coaches that are going to leave potentially leave another spot, and you know the trickle down effect mm-hmm. might be in place. It's it's late in the process. For God's sakes, it's the 13th of May. When Iowa State went through this four years ago, after Hoiberg left for the Bulls, now mm-hmm. a lot of people assumed that was going to be happen, but when it did, mm-hmm. and that came to fruition, it was they went to Steve Prohm, mm-hmm. and the trickle down is, is just is not that ripple. But if you take a coach from a major conference. Yep. Takes the Michigan job. Right. At the time when Hoiberg took uh, or left, he turned the program around clearly yes. uh, with all the uh, the transfers uh, that, that uh, he brought into the program and all but one, really. Um, yeah. Walked the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. They really did. I mean, only one didn't work out, but, uh, but still the, the team had some success. But to your point, yeah, I mean... If they would have got a coach from wherever, pick, mm-hmm. from the ACC of middling... You know, kind of team that was okay. Mm-hmm. That would have been a big trip. Yes, but went to Murray State, right? And I think did Murray State give it to they, one of they the went inside. Yes, I stayed inside, and it yes. kind of shut that uh-huh. down. Uh huh. But if that doesn't happen here, yeah, I can't see Michigan State turn into one of Beeline's assistants at this point. I, now, I don't think you can hand that program I over. I don't think you can either. I don't think that that would play. Speaking of Brian Ellerby, isn't that what happened? Wasn't Ellerby an assistant when he got that? Might job? have been. I don't recall, but I'll. I think he was Fisher's. What a Fisher's assistant. Might if, have been. Could be off on that one. But regardless, yeah. 
I don't see that in the program, the way that they have elevated. We're just going to go in-house mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought in that defensive assistant, but he's still their number three guy. You know, the you don't hand the Michigan no, job to uh-uh, a guy like uh-uh, that. Uh-uh. See a lot of Jawan Howard stuff you want in Michigan, mm. man, do you? I mean, Beeline, was that, he a Michigan man? He wasn't. Right? Um, he's a New Yorker. Right. So Jawan Howard's what? He's an assistant on an NBA. He was in Orlando, I think. Might be in Miami now. Might Does Miami that, now. I mean, why? We're talking over 30 years ago. I know. When Bochem Beckler stood there, yes, we'll have a Michigan man right. coaching Michigan. Yeah, that's thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. But that, and this, this isn't just a Michigan thing. This is college coaching overall. How many times when we see an opening, Iowa, Iowa State, and seemingly anywhere, it has to be somebody that knows knows the university. No, how important is that? Don't you just want the best coach? Yeah. Who cares about ties? I'm with you. Same thing you see going on right now. Iowa has an assistant basketball opening. Oh, just go out and bring in Matt Gaines. Bring in Dean Oliver. Bring, okay. But I, I think you want to find the best coach. You want to find the best fit. I want to find somebody that can play a little, coach a little defense. That would help, too. That's what I, that's what I want him to find. Uh, no doubt about that. Well, let's move from the college ranks. Just, just one more on that. I don't know. Unless it's recruiting. At 66 years old. Has he accomplished everything? Is that maybe part of it? I, I just, I, I'm struggling to understand the move, Trent. I really am. I mean, it's not like Cleveland has LeBron. You know, right. th- this yes. is this is a bad basketball team, and that needs a complete roster overhaul. And he's, and you said he's 66. You know, how long does that take? He's 70 years old at, at the time that this team gets back to. Now he's in the right, he's in the right conference, sure. right? Let's be honest. I mean, you'd rather come out of the East than try and, you know, work your way through the West. I don't get it. Don't get it. College is, maybe it's just that grind. You, you mentioned the recruiting, and, and it's just 24. And this is pure basketball. I mean, the NBA is strictly basketball. Mm-hmm. We've known for years how good he is offensively and what he can do and putting together game plans and schemes and the chance to try his offense at the highest level. I guess that's what it is. I, I think it's, you mentioned the progression from a high school coach to JUCO. This is the last step. Yeah. D3, D2, right. uh, all the way through, and now it's NBA. Right. And one more box to check, I guess. I don't know. Simple as that. Mm. Well, we'll see where they go. Do they trying to uh, you know find a former college Billy Donovan? Um, That one made when you said that to me. That one made a lot of sense. Yeah, national championships and Westbrook's a pain in the you know what. And I I don't know Paul George. Did he resign? I know he's still there, but is is he good to stay there? I believe so. Yes. Okay, but still, you're in the West. That can't be a fun environment to catch. I don't think so. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I know that, uh, I know they're not real pleased with him. I mean, they're they, the fans Mm -hmm. uh, of the organization. Well, we'll see where they go. Let's go to the NBA from yesterday. I don't know if I've seen, I've told you in the past that what my favorite part of Sports Illustrated, the first thing I ever did, Rick Riley at the back, on the back page was good Mm -hmm. when he was Rick Riley, back page Sports Illustrated. Um, my favorite part of Sports Illustrated was opening the front page and, and looking at the still photos on yeah. pages two, three, and four, or three, four, and five, whatever it was. There's a still photo, and I don't know if you've seen it, of Joel Embiid, of Kawhi Leonard kind of squatting that catcher's position after he'd shot the basketball. One of the, one of the Raptors players off, uh, coming off the bench, and Ben Simmons kind of looking back over his shoulder 
um, as the ball was about to take the fourth and final uh, bounce and fall through the hoop. Have you seen that picture? I have not. Oh, my God, Trent. It is an all-timer. It is an award winner. You've, you've got to search Twitter during the break for that. It is as good a still photo. Just the exp- And the fans behind him and everybody just kind of almost holding their breath I didn't think it was going to go. No. I, I thought, no way in hell. Well, here we go. Overtime. Yep. Missed the shot. Overtime. And I'm good with that. Kind of want the Raptors to win, but, uh, you know, five extra minutes, I'm good. Sure. Uh, but then I've somehow found a way to fall. And he shot that ball over Joel Embiid, who had rushed to try and block the shot. That ball had some arc to it. So Embiid, I mean, he was dog-tired at the end. Yeah, he was just completely gutted. And, and crying when he left the yes. floor. I mean, almost sobbing. If they would have used his bet, you can't play him. You know, we talked about the Jokic game, the four overtime game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can lumber up and down the floor, mm-hmm. but Embiid, what his athleticism, you could just tell he was completely yep. out of it. Yep. If they would have got him the breaks that they normally do, I get it's game seven. I, I know Greg Monroe was awful every time he was in there. <laughs> right. Played two minutes. Two but minutes it's, too many. <laughs> it's times like when you need a stop mm-hmm. or you need a, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If he has the legs and he can get up and contest that, I mean, he contested it beautifully. Yeah, there's nothing more he can but do. He, but he gets an extra... Uh, I guess he could have blocked it. Yeah, an extra half inch off it. Whatever it may be, that little difference. Now, Brown, he's fired, right? I, mean, I don't know. I, I think... I don't know. I think that everything that I have heard NBA-wise that he basically had to get this team to the mm-hmm. finals just because he's not a bluff figure. If yeah. they the talent that they have, the use of of the different guys, and beat a big part of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think and they got some decisions to come too, yes. because buckets. He's he's got. Uh, he may or may not be back. And Simmons, kind of same deal for him. And then beats coming up, and he's a. I mean, can you trust him to be the cornerstone of your franchise? I mean, you want to obviously, but man, Tobias Harris, in, Reddick, yeah, somebody else. I think is a restricted or Was unrestricted he? free agent. Or are they rather? Yeah, they're, it's going to be a different look it there. Is. And then what we talked about last week. Simmons and Bede, how they play together, mm-hmm. and, and what position they're going to. I mean, what what are they going to do with Simmons? Are they going to try and? I mean, they want him to play guard. Mm-hmm. He's a point. He at this point he is, but do you do you move him? I don't know what they're going to do. What about? Uh, there's a lot being, and maybe this is Raptors fans that are wishful thinking that if Kawhi and the Raptors didn't advance to the final, uh-huh. he's out of town. Right, he's going to be a Clipper, but he made that shot. Now he's staying. I mean, I want to believe that. I'm not a huge Raptor fan, but I do love those North jerseys. Yeah, those are good. I love that. That's uh, those. They got the old school look to them. Yes, yeah. they do. Just North. Yes, love it. Um, I can't buy it. It's, it's one. See, I don't either. The, like last night after the shot, he became a a full fledged Raptor, or he be, he became Canadian, if you will. <laughs> right. He. Now apparently he likes the city. Now he likes the city. I don't know if that what that means, but and look, Toronto's a beautiful city. Toronto yes. is spectacular. Um, but I don't know if he'll stay or if he I don't. Will. And especially Kawhi. I mean, the little that we know about him, that suddenly is going to change his mind. That that shot going in is going to be the thing that. All right, give me the contract. I'll sign it right now. <laughs> I, I, I'm in. I wouldn't have fallen. I'm out. I heard that theory also last night, yeah. and I just I couldn't buy it. I, I, I'm with you. I can't buy it either. Look, remarkable shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I did notice yesterday watching both of the game sevens, and they were both really entertaining. They really were. Even the the early games, pull the Trailblazers down. What seventeen come back? 
Boy, there was, I don't know if it's nerves. I mean, there's a professional, the elite of the elite, right? Mm -hmm. The best basketball players in the world. Yet, it was kind of refreshing to see that even they get a little tight. You know, the shooting was atrocious yesterday in both Raptors were 2-19 and from 3. Sixers weren't much better. Um, There's some Lillard, how many shot, How many threes did he miss in a row? I think he made his, he finally made his 10th. In his 10th attempt, a three ball finally went down in the early game. He was 3 of 17. Finished 3 of 17. There you go. He's 0 for 9 at one point. I'm pretty sure. And without McCollum, they're not winning that My game. My God, he was unbelievable. You, you know what you mentioned? Did you see his interview afterwards? Uh uh-uh. Something that's, um, you know, did you see this coming or did, uh, I don't know what the question was. Um, the respect that I didn't want you to have. I went to Lehigh. I, I know I'm always going to be doubted. Something like that. That's good. It was good. Yes. You know, he went to Lehigh. He did. What a game he played. Trent, he couldn't miss at nut-cutting time. Mm-hmm. C.J. McCollum was unbelievable. There's times that I know I hear the, the narratives of a Game 7 and how it is different. And there's still times that I don't really... Eh, is it really? And then you watch a game, or the two games that we saw yesterday. You know, we've been talking about uh, Siakam a lot. Mm-hmm. Back, Where was he? He didn't want the ball. Uh-uh. I mean, it was hot potato with him. Right. Seemingly every time, get it out of here. Yep. It, it's not, I don't think it's any, you just have to get those reps. Mm-hmm. There are certain guys that don't need the reps just because they're wired differently. But for the guys, and even really talented players, until you've been in an environment like that, until you've been in that spot, you just don't know. You don't know how you're going to react and... And I thought we saw that. I thought he was a perfect example of that. Kawhi, he wanted the ball. Yeah, except early in the game. Did you see the beginning of the basketball game? I think Philadelphia started 0 for 9. Well, what was it? It was, it was 6 nothing. Well, it was like four, 6 6 with four minutes left right. in the first quarter, or 8 8, something like they that. They were both just god awful. Neither one of these. And they were getting good looks, but they couldn't right. finish these looks. It was as. You know, I, I think they were tight. I really do. It yeah. was Game 7. It was the magnitude of the spot, the position that they were in. You know, I've talked to numerous guys that have played in over my career here, guys that have had an opportunity to play in the Super Bowl. I remember asking Austin Blythe this, and as soon as I did, I said, you know, I probably should ask you this after the Super Bowl. Because pe- guys that have played in the Super Bowl have told me, to a man, the most pressure that they have on them is championship weekend. It's not the Super Bowl, and I find that incredibly hard to believe. Yet, every one of them has told me, and they've been there, I haven't, that there's more pressure to win the AFC or the NFC championship than there is to win the Super Bowl. Because you got there? Because... I guess. I don't know what it is. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. And I mean, I don't know, probably four or five of them over the... You know, the times I've asked that question, more pressure to win the their championship mm-hmm. than to win a Super Bowl doesn't make a ton of sense. All right, real quick, on the baseball, Andrew Logan, just a minute. Um, did you watch any, because I watched pitch one through pitch, I have no idea how many pitches there were in the 15-inning game, <laughs> how that game, and Eric Cooper, by the way, was behind the plate I didn't even Saturday. pick that up, no. Yeah, Coop had the plate on Saturday um, for all 15 of those innings. How about Tyler Chatwood? That was my takeaway. That's that's what this I had in my notes. This is best spot, Trent, when Tyler Chatwood is asked to eat innings at the end of a game. 
He's. I don't know what they're paying him. Thirty something million. Didn't you tell me that over three years was three the contract? Three years, thirty seven. I think it was something like that. Yeah, three for thirty nine. Yeah, right there. But uh, man, oh man, when uh, he was unbelievable. What a baseball game that was. And Wilson Contreras kind of twisted as he hit the ball. Mm-hmm. Boy, he crushed that baseball. Just absolutely crushed it. There was some great baseball at Wrigley, and just awful weather this weekend. Awful rain. Just that. Just one stop on miserable. Saturday, yeah, and Sunday last night. Yeah, last it, night too. It was just. But did you, you get hear two out of three? Yeah, the Cubs did. They've won what nine out of ten? They're nine out of the last ten series since that start. They're the hottest team in baseball. The starting staff, I believe, has the best ERA in, uh, and certainly in the National League since April the eighth or whatever it's going to be. As a team, they're and ERA. playing defense, Trent. Too. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry, two point three three as a team. As a team. Since that wow. two and seven start. Wow. Two point three three. Yeah, we had bullpen concerns. Oh we yeah. Had starting pitching Location. concerns. Oh, they're in trouble. Uh-huh. No, we did. I remember saying that. Maybe not say over, something. Maybe not overreacted in the beginning of April. Perhaps that's the lesson to be learned. Oh well, we'll do the same next April if we get that opportunity again. And here's hoping we do. All right, it's time to go for the green and KX uh, with KX and Owen EKG Golf. Text the keyword super to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's super to 200-200. Standard message and data rates apply. I challenge oh. <laughs> yeah, Better late than never. Again, that keyword is super uh, to 200-200. Uh, real quick, before we get a timeout, I'm, I'm, I want to say this. I'm, I'm sure you listened to some of Sean and Emery's I show yep. on Saturday. I caught the beginning of it, too. You know, Sean Roberts, what he does for this station, I, I don't think it gets overlooked, but my God... You know, he was part of, um, was it Tuck Cancer Promotion? Yes. I know Heather and her husband, and mm-hmm. um, they were down at the garden. Boy, oh boy, he is invaluable to this radio station. I mean, willing to get to dress up and drag and to give up a Saturday night mm-hmm. and to do that and to be associated with this place, you got to have guys like that on your team. No you doubt. really and truly do. Good for you, Sean Roberts. Congratulations to you and uh, Emery Songer for getting off the ground on Saturday. Did you hear much of it? I did listen to the first segment, and then yeah. I had a couple of errands, so I listened in and out of the car throughout the morning. Really enjoyed it. Good for them. A good start. Certainly a good start. And as we talked with Emery on Friday... Not the hottest time for sports here. It's no, not football it's season, but find your way. Mm-hmm. And uh, really looking forward to seeing what those guys grow and build on. Should be a fun and a great addition here to the KX and Ohio. No question about that. I believe Emery, and I don't know who's going to be a part of it. The Derby podcast was Chuck Reed, John Hernandez, Emery, and myself. We're going to be doing another one on the second jewel of the Triple Crown, the Preakness, coming up. We've got golf this week. The PGA oh, yeah. Championship kind of feels like it's it's kind of weird, right? Yeah, shoehorned kind of in there. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's right because August, we're so football crazed at that point. We're still trying to find room for baseball because pennant races are heating up. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be well received. Although I saw a tweet from Darren Ravel this morning, three hundred fifty bucks for a weekly pass for a week, not to get in, not to get in for a day in a practice round. You can go all week for three fifty. That's not bad. Not bad. That's wow. a steal. A Beth Page Black. Is yeah, that- Beth Page Black. Now it's New York. They didn't like the Super Bowl. It's true. You know. Anyways, time out. Andrew Logue, Trent, and I will do the baseball from over the weekend. That's coming up next. Joe O'Donnell, Trent, and I will take a look at uh, a must-win game tonight for the Iowa Wild. It's a puck drop a sh- shortly after 7, but Joe O'Donnell will be here. And then in the 11 o'clock hour, Clones and Hawks, Dylan Monts on Iowa State, Scott Dockerman on Iowa. We're glad you're with us. Run underway on a Monday. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Oh.
Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Going to talk a little baseball with Andrew Logue. You and I are going to see a little baseball tomorrow, Trent Condon. Yeah, looking forward to that. We will be back down at uh, Principal Park tomorrow for the what back-to-back day games, which got to be a little bit of a rarity, right? I think Omaha is leaving after the game today at 12.08, and then somebody else coming in tomorrow. If I, if I saw that correctly, I think that's I'm going to, um, yeah, uh, the Omaha Leafs... Today's the th- yeah. Well, they're here tomorrow too. So oh, they are. They are. It's kind of weird. Back to back day games. Uh, let's uh, talk some baseball. Andrew Logba will be at Principal Park. Twelve oh eight first pitch today and tomorrow for the I Cubs, and then we're back there next week as well on Monday uh, for the finale of the homestand as they will host uh, New Orleans. Hello, Andrew Logue. Good to talk to you. How's things? Good, good. It's uh, speaking of Omaha. Is actually at Werner Park a week or so ago watching. The I-Cubs and Storm Chasers play in, in Omaha. I've so, never uh, been to the ballpark. What's it like? I mean, does it come close to Rosenblatt? Is it, uh, um, give well, us 411. It's a charm thing. You uh-huh. know, Rosenblatt's got to have more of the charm. Uh, very accessible is the way I'd put it. A good sight line, because I always go to a ballpark. I purposely kind of go around the ballpark. They have what I really kind of like. Is they have a lawn set up like uh, Iowa State, and you can actually take your kids and sit out in the outfield on the okay, lawn. Okay, yeah. I kind of like that. Um, souvenir store right by the uh, gate as you enter. That's always something I like. Uh, concessions are really good. They got a little barbecue, got your standard stuff. So I liked it. I gave it a pretty good thumbs It doesn't have the charm. I would say it doesn't even have the charm really of like Sex Taylor or Principal Park, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's got the, the new amenities, uh, great parts parking the thing that surprised you it's actually outside of omaha a little bit not near downtown at all you got to take a little road out there and it's, it's out on its own but it has great parking because of that so i gave it a pretty good thumbs up all right I wish, wish there was more prospects from a royal state <laughs> but but the park i really liked a lot now the prospects are with the royals uh, that's why there's none at triple a level you know i want to ask you both this i don't know if either one of you had an opportunity to watch sunday night baseball last night i watched a lot of it i missed the brian home run but saw a lot of it and you know john lester i'm, I'm a huge fan he really is um he's an ace is what he is but it came up during the broadcast and andrew i'll start with you and trent you chime in on this as well um I think it was A-Rod to begin with, and then other people have picked up on it that's, that heard him make that comment and tweeted and, and also seemed to back up A-Rod's take. The John Lester, if he has another couple of good years, he is trending towards Cooperstown. Now, he's had a heck of a career, and, and let's be honest. I mean, the two streaks that ended that he played significant roles in Boston and then obviously in Chicago, he's 4-1 and one in World Series games. ERA in the playoffs has been outstanding. But I never thought of him as a guy that's trending to the Hall of Fame until maybe I took a little bit of a closer look. And you know what? Maybe there's something to that. John Lester, Hall of Fame for you, Andrew Logue. I think in any other sport, he's a shoe-in. Um, baseball, for whatever reason, is kind of that sport that understandably takes pride in the regular season and what happens. But they kind of, in a sense, you know, think about basketball, the, you know, the NBA, uh, the NFL. You know, postseason is all anyone really thinks about. You know, Dan Marino has the great numbers, but that's always dragging him down. He's never mentioned with the greatest quarterbacks of all time. 
baseball regular season, you know, kind of carries more weight. I think Lester, what he did with the Red Sox, what he did, you know, he's done with the Cubs, and yeah, I think he is. I mean, I think in any other sport, he'd be a shoe win. It's funny, you look at just the wins, and I know a lot of people with pitching, mm-hmm. 180. Yeah. yeah. You, you think that... But in today's baseball, that's yeah. 80 away from the old days even being considered. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you have to completely reconfigure the way that you you look at pitching. And the win-loss record is something that, for all intents and purposes, you almost need to throw out. Yeah. Just because it's yeah. so different than what it once was. But you look at those underlying numbers, his importance for the Red Sox and the Cubs and the World Championships. I'm sure it'll be tight. I'm sure it'll also kind of depend on some other guys that are around him. But... You take a look at pitching and the longevity, which we don't see very much anymore. If he pitches into 37, 38, 39 and continues to be a good, solid pitcher, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. We shall... ZRA this year? Isn't it about a 2 5 this year? No, it's like a ZRA? 1. It's like... After yesterday, it's in the high ones, I think. Yeah. Is it not? Okay. Yes. Okay. It's, it's, he's got really, really good numbers. You know who else has good numbers? And let's go to the American League Central. And I'll ask you because I can't ask Trent because he'll buy this for sure. <laughs> um, are you buying the Twins right now, Andrew Logue? Yeah, I am because as uh, Trent and I talked off air. We always knew they had the lineup. We always knew they could hit. It was always a matter of pitching. And I think they've got three starters that are at uh, 3-2 ERA or below. Uh, that's pretty solid. And you look at the way the Indians are floundering. They're not, you know, we can circle back to the Cubs, but they're playing really well and they're padding their lead. They're, they're kind of separating themselves. Uh, so even if they go into a little bit of a funk, I'm not sure at this point if the Indians are going to, you know, storm back. I mean, it's way early, obviously, but I think the Indians, I think the Twins are for real, but I also think the Indians have got some problems about that. You look at that lineup, and outside of the Stars, the Indians lineup just is not overly impressive. Kluber's going to be out on the shelf for upwards of three months. It's right there for this Twins team, and the way that they've gone out, built this lineup, I told you, Andrew, when we were talking off air, going into yesterday, the Twins slugging percentage was at 499 the highest ready team ever in baseball history mm. through the first 38 Jeez. games of the season. I mean, this team up and down the lineup rakes. And, yeah. oh, by the way, Miguel Sano, he's not too far behind. He'll be uh, joining the team here within the week. Yeah, this might be their window. And I say it's funny because, you know, they had a good team in 15, then lost mm-hmm. 100 games, made the playoffs in 17, took a step of They're kind of a yo-yo team. But yeah. right now, they're absolutely – I mean, let's be honest. you got three teams in the division that are in rebuilding stages. So the Indians are the one team you have to worry about, and they might be they might be at this point where they become sellers in late August or late uh, July. Interesting. Uh, are we shortchanged because of the time zone that we don't get to see what Cody Bellinger has done the first twenty five percent of the season? I mean, he has been unbelievable. He picked, he threw a guy out at first base yesterday from right field. Don't know if you saw that. It looked like a you know no doubt about it. There's a single. Well, he picked up the ball and he and and I can't remember who it was, but gunned him out uh, at first base. He's doing it at the plate. He's doing it in the field. You know, there's a lot of love for Yelich and Baez, etc. In this part of the country. But man, oh man, Bellinger, Andrew Logue has been unbelievable. Yeah, I agree, and I, I've got to be honest, I'm as guilty as anyone. I pay attention to the two centrals mostly. Um, it, it reminds you, you know, kind of a like college football season or something, where we, we kind of get focused in on the teams in our area. Yeah. We, we focus, and you kind of miss it unless you get highlights, or let's be honest, unless someone tweets out highlights, you know. 
you're talking about last night's game. I got to be honest. I got a little caught up in uh, Raptors and uh, yeah. uh, that game. That was pretty good. <laughs> took away, and I think that happens. I do think more attention will come to baseball seriously as the NBA playoffs, and maybe that'll help a little. But oh, I'm as guilty as anybody. I pay attention to the two central. You know, watching the games yesterday, you get all the pink for Mother's Day, mm-hmm. and I see a couple people on Twitter going crazy about it. Why does everybody have to be angry about something? There weren't pink. People were really oh, pissed yes, off at yeah. that. It, it was Bryce really? Harper. He had the flower, the floral pattern on the back of his pink cleats. And I saw mm. two different people. And there was a picture of it. And then, why the negativity? Baseball, have fun. Right For in one it? day. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's something negative every single day. I, I really do believe there are people who stole uh, employment. Exist. I think mm-hmm. we're all a little upset about yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought, and I forget who it was. Yes, I was watching it. Their catcher's gear was all pink, which I thought was actually kind of cool. Like mm. the, the shin guards, the chest pads, that was all kind of cool. Uh, it, go ahead. I was going to say, sorry uh, to, to interrupt you. I thought you were you thought you were done making your point. <laughs> uh, also during the broadcast last night, and I'm glad that A-Rod mentioned the fact that he's, had, he's never played with anybody who used the axe-handled bat uh, that Chris Bryant has gone to because – um, I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of it before. Glad to know that A-Rod never played with anybody. There, or this is something that's relatively new. And boy, oh boy, has it ever worked for Chris Bryant. He broke his bat in the middle of a nat bat in Arizona. The, the bat boy came out, gave him uh, this new axe-handled bat. He promptly hit a home run in Arizona. And he's become Chris Bryant again. Have you ever heard of the axe-handled bat that Bryant is using? Um, and it's got to be... I mean, it's got to be more than the handle, right? Something's got to have gone on between the years to have woken him up because, boy, is he ever playing like Chris Bryant. I didn't hear a lot about the axe handle bat until he had the walk-off a couple days ago. And then you'd read and read and caught up on a lot of that. You're right. You wonder how much of it is mental because for decades and decades, you know, guys would uh, trade bats and get a bat from a teammate and suddenly get out of a slump and things like that. The science of it I don't know as much uh, – but you're right, it's new, and it certainly helped him, and it's certainly woken up a, a Cubs team that now, what, they had three walk-offs in five days. I think Hayward and uh, Contreras had one. Yep, you know, yep, Cubs, Saturday, yep. Cubs, yeah, the whole Cubs uh, outfit has uh, woken up and played. Chris Bryan is such a heart soul for that team. You know, we thought three years ago, four, two years ago, he was going to be yeah. the superstar mm-hmm. in the game, and it failed off, and it, people were wondering – it, whether it's the science of an axe handle bat or the mental part of it, either way, it's good. Uh, probably in the long run good for baseball in general because he had become such a name of the game. Andrew, uh, a couple years ago, you got to see firsthand Madison Bumgarner at his best. He's not at his best anymore. He's not the same guy that we saw three, four years ago. But there are a lot of teams already starting to line up for his services come trade deadline. Giants continue to fall out of it, seeing what they can get. He's also a free agent at the end of this year. But uh, over the weekend, it, it came out about his no-trade list. And normally it is... Toronto. Small market teams. Well, yeah. pretty much all of our teams, Royals, yeah. Twins, Blue Jays, yeah. are normally on there. And set for Bumgarner, it's the Braves, Red Sox, Cubs, Astros, Brewers, Yankees, Phillies, Cardinals. I was shocked at that. It gives yeah. him maybe a little bit more power. And coupled with, you got to figure a little bit more bargaining power, maybe for... The Giants, too, on their end? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's kind of – I kind of chuckle. You're right. You wonder about motives. Players do change their mind, and we are in May, Mm -hmm. you know. And if you write a big enough check, that makes changing your mind a whole lot easier. 
didn't Verlander have a couple years ago sort of a no trade or something? And then obviously he saw an opportunity mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, you know, win a title with the Astros. So that changed. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. By the way, total side, I loved his little comment the other day when, uh, or was it yesterday when Puig hit the home run? He's a quick, he's a quick study. It only took him seven years to learn how to hit me. So <laughs> he isn't pitching the same, but Madison Bondar still got a little of that snark, so I kind of like that. Hmm. And, you know, we thought Verlander was done a few years ago. Yeah. And going to Houston's helped him. But, yeah, I saw that. You, you kind of list the teams, and you probably think, you know, he'd be kind of good with the Braves and Brewers. Maybe teams that kind of need a little pitching help. The Cardinals are Cardinals are just about five hundred now, I think. But you know, you give give him with a, a team that could use a little pitching, I'd help. So I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't be surprised if that changed because, like you said, who knows what sort of bargaining or posturing is going on? But. Baumgartner isn't what he was, and I still like he's got a little bit of that star. Hmm. Last thing for you, Andrew, from baseball to to the NFL, I know you follow the Chiefs. Uh, Gunther Cunningham uh, died this morning uh, after a brief illness, apparently. He was 72 years old, guided the Chiefs. Well, he was an assistant, a coordinator there, um, but he had to... Two years. years, Is that what it was? Yeah, Um, two years. How will you remember Gunther Cunningham? I always kind of liked him. I did. He he has funny miss what malum props. He'd always say something not quite right. Beloved by his players, he was the orchestrator of those Derek Thomas uh, defenses that you had back in the nineties. A heartbreaking moment came. He was the head coach for two years. Marty stepped down ninety nine. Had the division title right there, and the Chiefs fell apart. I think Pete Stoyanovich missed the last second field mm. goal, and so Gunther never got a Chiefs team in the playoffs. They actually brought him back in the two thousand. So he was kind of a beloved assistant, at least uh, with the Chiefs. Uh, old school, very old school guy, and I think a lot of people kind of kind of loved him because he was associated with those Marty years. Mm, Seventy-two years old, far too young. Andrew Lowe, great to talk baseball with you. Appreciate it, Andrew. We'll talk uh, in the weeks to come. No problem, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Andrew Logue, formerly of the Des Moines Register. As we uh, talk a little baseball uh, with Andrew Logue, going to talk a little hockey next. I'm ready for that. Must win, boy! It sounds like the sh- Chicago is just better from the jump on Friday yeah. night. Yep, that's everybody I talked to that was there. That's what they said. Crowd was what seven thousand plus. I'm hearing. Yeah. Is that what I was told? That's a pretty, that's a really good number for May the tenth. Yeah, that's <laughs> really is. good. Fun environment too. I that's also I what I heard. I, even. As things weren't going the way of the wild, mm-hmm. people had a good time. Well, they have to win tonight or it's all over. Uh, they've got to win the next two or their season comes to an end. It's been a good season. Is there going to be more of it after tonight? We'll talk to Joe O'Donnell next, Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. Hey, guys. Trent Condon here once again to tell you about our friends at New Leaf Wellness for Men and the Men's Health Clinic. Going on during the month of May, it's their Fat Burn Bundle, combining their food sensitivity tests with their weight loss peptide injections. You're asking, what are peptides? Well, these are therapies that promote weight loss, healing, intimacy with your significant other, and a whole lot more. Save 20% off both programs and lose weight before the, before the summer gets here. You can go to newleafcenters.com, find out all the different services that they have. Click on all the different links from testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, wellness injection therapies, food sensitivity testing, and a whole lot more. Stop by today and schedule your free, no-obligation consultation at New Leaf Wellness, 3930 West Town Parkway in West Des Moines, over by Valley West Mall, just off of 235. 3930 West Town Parkway, West Des Moines. Stop by and get that free consultation today. Find out what they can do to get you in better health and better shape for the summer. It's right around the corner. Let's do it together and do it with New Leaf Wellness, 
3930 Westtown Parkway, West Des Moines. And don't forget to tell them. It's limitations apply. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. I always felt like uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival got overlooked a little in the pantheon of 60s and 70s bands one of my favorites of that time really good yeah really really good ccr always had the cassette rocked and rolled through Did that you? back in John the fogarty 1985 ford taurus my first ever vehicle <laughs> nice <laughs> didn't have a tape deck no well you gotta have something yes. and uh, you had that crank well let's get joe o'donnell we've got game six tonight it's uh, it's may the 13th and your iowa wild are still hitting the ice pre-game skate this morning joe trenton ken how are you Doing well, fellas. Uh, yeah, the team is wrapping up a meeting as we speak, and then I believe it's an optional skate for the guys that'll kick off at eleven fifteen. Gotcha. What uh, What was the bus trip over like? Uh, kind of give us the mood of the team. I mean, it's do or die. We know that. Had a chance. Won the first two of the three games at Wells Fargo, Chicago. By you know people I've spoken to, they were the better team on Friday night. You can tell me otherwise if you want. But what's what's the mood of the team in advance of Game Six? Uh, it was a little bit more quiet this morning, I would say, than maybe previous days on this playoff year if I had to take the temperature rating. But I think that, that can be an okay thing. That can be a good thing. That can be a focus type thing. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how this shakes out tonight. But I, I really expect, I fully expect the Wild to be ready to go. I expect Andrew Hammond to have a bounce back game. We talked about it a ton already this spring uh, when I've been on with you guys. Is that any time? He hasn't had his best performance. He tends to follow it up with a better one. Uh, you can look, you know, earlier in the series, game two gave up one he'd probably like to have back. Game three at Wells Fargo Arena pitches a shutout. Uh, go back to Milwaukee series. Game four didn't have his best night. Wild losing overtime with a chance to close out the series. Game five, he stops 26-27 to in the Wild win. So I'd expect Andrew Hammond to be ready to go. He sets the tone in net. He comes out strong, absorbing pucks, sort of has that calm demeanor about him. This, this Wild team will be just fine tonight. Joe, take us back to Friday night. Game aside, just the environment, 7,000 people in the building. It just felt like it was kind of building to that crescendo there with that Friday night game. Obviously, on the ice didn't go the way that the people wanted, but just the environment as a whole. And and you as a broadcaster, does that change anything for you? I mean, you got your your headset on. Can you really tell the difference when you got a lot of people in the building? I could actually, Trent, it's a great question because going back and uh, cutting you know, cutting up some highlights, clipping some stuff uh, after the game, I could just hear it. Like, even on a hit or a missed opportunity or a pass that bounced off a stick and goes out the center, you could feel the crowd sort of, you know, reacting to all those sort of smaller plays in the game. Um, So it was an awesome environment. Unfortunately, the team didn't win. Unfortunately for the Wild, it wasn't their best game. But you know what? They still... I think I think what we saw Friday night is what we hope to see organizationally long-term, is that Des Moines has become a hockey town. The fans, the casual fan turned out. The hardcore season ticket holder was there. And if nothing else, it was an exciting game. I mean, we had 17 combined goals in the first four games of the series. We got 11 on Friday night. Hmm. So it wasn't short on action. Just unfortunately for the Wild, every time they built momentum, uh, they either gave it up with a penalty or the Wolves scored a couple of minutes later to sort of steal the mojo right back. It was just one of those nights where they seemed to get the bounces and get the calls. Um, give them credit. They went to the hard areas. They went to the blue paint. They they batted some rebounds out of midair. Uh, it just felt like 
one of those nights where it just wasn't going to work out for Iowa, unfortunately. Hmm. Well, the uh, 2-1 after the first 20 minutes, the second stanza outscored 3-1. to Did it seem like the ice was tilted or, or were the Wild getting some bad breaks, the Wolves getting a couple lucky bounces? What happened in the uh, in the second period on, on Friday? Well, it's a, it's a good question, Ken, but I go back to the end of the first. Like Ryan Donato scores late in the first, tie the game at one. The Wild hadn't maybe had their best period, but here they are, 1-1, mm-hmm. and they're going to a power play late in the period, and they gave up a shorthanded mm-hmm. goal. And that was sort of like a oh moment in the series because you go into that dressing room, even if it's just 1-1, you're feeling pretty good about yourselves. You're at home. The crowd's rocking. You've won the last two of the series. To go down into the dressing room, 2-1 had to be frustrating frustrating then the wolves got two quick ones in the second one out of midair uh one on a power play which at some point their power play was going to score the series the wild started through the first four games 10 for 10 on the penalty kills so it was just sort of a numbers game you know and and the refs didn't help things out i mean i i don't get on the officials very often it just felt like the wild couldn't build any momentum in the game there was a too many men on the ice penalty called on the wild which i was told afterwards by the coaches was an atrocious call with not too many men on the ice um, and so it's just one of those frustrating games. Carson Stucey took a penalty, you know, when the game was still very much in doubt and the Wolves go right on the power play and score and it all, you know, shifts the momentum in the game. So it just was one of those where you can throw it out. That's the good thing about the playoffs. Just throw it out. You got to win here tonight to force the game seven. That's all that really matters. You know, go, uh, help us out with that too many men because it's, you know, they, I mean, linesmen can call that one of the few penalties that they can call. Did they get together yeah. and discuss it as a group and still stuck with the call? What, what happened there, Joe? It just seemed like the call was made. Uh, the, the reaction I could tell from Tim Army, Wild head coach, was not happy. He was in front of the bench, livid about it. I think that the Wild player that changed went in the one door. And the player that jumped on came out the other door, you know, 12 feet apart or whatever, 15 feet apart. So it was probably one of those situations mm. where the lines and saw a guy jump and maybe didn't see the other guy slip off the ice. So, again, like after the game, I, I would like to think I'm getting a pretty straight answer there. Like, hey, it was a good call. Yeah, we had too many men on the ice. They nailed us. But, no, what I got was it was an awful call. It wasn't too many men on the ice. And that was a big moment in the game. Tonight, get off to a good start, obviously important. I mean, it, it goes goes without saying, I think, with that, Joe. But just the, the team backs against their wall. They've responded a few times in spots like this. Yeah, I mean, you look at the last weekend of the regular season. You look at mm-hmm. Game 5 against Milwaukee in the first round. When they have to have a good performance, when they've had to have a win, this team has found a way to get it done. And that's why I'm pretty confident that this one, I don't want to say it's in the bag, but I, I would just be surprised if the Wild don't come out and give themselves a chance tonight and we get back to what we saw through the first four games of the series. Friday night, sort of an outlier where, you know, it's going to be a one-goal game. It's going to be specialty teams, you know, focused. It's going to be who can make that one big save. Um, I expect this to be one of those nights where it's going to be a nail-biter. Uh, you're on the air, 645 puck drop just after 7. Yep, and we've got watch parties at Buffalo Wild Wings, Merle Hay, and Jordan Creek. Good. And uh, Buzzer Billy's downtown as well. Fantastic. Joe, thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you before Game 7 on Wednesday. All right. I love it, Kenny. Thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Good to talk to you. Joe Donald, voice of the Iowa Wild. Fingers crossed. Game 7 Wednesday night, if necessary. Let's make it necessary. I'm with you. I'm with you, Trent Condon. We're with Dylan Montz and Scott Dockerman in the 11 o'clock hour. We've got another hour to go. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.